about this? These two. These two people. Oh, I am geeking out. To the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark. Jasmine. What a nerd. Nerd alert. <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Oh, I am geeking out. Unleashed movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the security badge. We take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 137. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you some... Uh, well, we're not going to actually. Uh, I haven't updated this at all, but we, <laughs> we were previously what? bringing you some geeky news, but we have decided from now on we're not doing that. Like We're, we're, we're just... Nixing. We're nixing the news. news. We're nixing it. No. So, however, we're going to catch you up on our pop culture lives, and we're going to bring you something adapted from the comic book or gaming world that we're going to chat about. Yep. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Uh, lastly, um, we would appreciate any donations to Ko-Fi at all, just anything you feel free to give, and they would be much appreciated. Indeed. And before we move on, welcome back, listeners. We took a slightly longer break than planned. We were yes. going to take August off, but we decided to take August and September off. Yes. And we we hope you uh, enjoy our return. So. Yes. Thank you for coming back to our return as well. Yes. So since our last episode, Jasmine has moved premises. I did. But, oh, moving. Moving is never pleasant. Like, it doesn't matter how organized you are. Or how smoothly everything goes. Like the process of moving always sucks. Mm-hmm. So I've been here like a month now. Um, and I finally feel like I'm settling in. I'm getting the hang of things here. I got a little bit more room. So now I have like a dedicated office. I'm super excited about that. So um, once, once I finish decorating, like it's not decorated. But once I finish it, I will actually show you guys the background. Because... I'm super excited. I got some. I'm getting a neon sign. It's gonna be coming soon. So is it gonna have cakes and niche? Cakes and niche. Maybe I'll get a second neon sign. <laughs> or, or or I could say that that geek Jasmine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, um, I haven't really done a lot working, etc. Um, busy, busy. Tidied up a few things, like I've tried to be a little bit healthier. I've cut out some things. No Red Bull for the last 15 days. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> if you want to catch up with us outside of this podcast, feel free to DM or tweet or... Yeah, hit us up. Po- Mark is the social one. I lurk in the background, uh, but Mark is the, the social one. <laughs> <laughs> you probably have a busier social life than I do. But, uh, <laughs> Doubtful. Um, anyway. every time I talk to Mark he's like I was hanging out at the pub I met up with so and so we went to the movies and I'm just like no I just came home and ate dinner like I, same old same old do, do you know what last Friday I um, uh, I, I, I took the dog for a walk uh, on my own and I was in a mood when is Cooper going to get an appearance on the podcast uh, maybe if we do like maybe if they ever make stray dogs into a TV series or a film or something. We'll just have to get you to review all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> so it's so depressing. Uh, but so anyway, I walked in the local pub and I just thought, 
like the local pub's like five minutes from me. I walked in there with Cooper. And I and you know, I was just I don't normally drink on my own, but I was in a mood. And um, I, went, I went and grabbed a beer, went to the bar, I grabbed a beer, and I thought, oh, I'll just quickly drink this and then head back. Turn around, there's three people around the table that, that knew me. And um <laughs> and I just ended up pulling up pulling up a table with and having a beer with Cooper and um, Yeah. But like you say, I do. Uh, I, I I made this joke with a colleague actually the other day. I make friends at a bus stop, and I yeah. think like there is truth in that. I will make friends anywhere. So I'm telling you, every um, time I say it, Mark is the social one. You guys don't even understand. Mark is the social <laughs> one for real. <laughs> um. So moving on from our chit chat to something we we were doing this previously, but we've now decided to name it. Our and we think it's week. an awesome name. And if you don't think it's awesome, you can keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this is our geek of the week so this is basically something we've enjoyed this week uh and it's been just both chat about it uh very quickly so actually you go first jasmine what's your geek of the week okay so i have been like obsessed with sports anime lately and and i've you know like i a few years ago when covid started i started learning japanese and now i'm at a point where my like listening comprehension with japanese has gotten so much better that like when i'm watching anime now I'm arguing with my TV because I'm like, I would have translated that differently. I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, but also like, I, so like one of the things that I've been like obsessed with lately is this cycling anime called Yoamushi Pedal. And like one of the characters made a joke about another character's name. And it's like, it's a play on words, right? But like, it doesn't make sense in English because the words don't, line up the same way but like now i'm at the point where i understand jokes in japanese and i'm like ah oh, this is great i feel <laughs> like it, i don't know like so it's like two of my passions combining like le- language learning and like watching anime and now it's just it's becoming a much much better experience um so i've been having a lot of fun watching anime lately you know, I, I do want to, there is something that's coming out anime-wise, which we should talk about another time or review, uh, the new Castlevania, but I haven't watched it yet. So, but anyway. I'm saving it. I'm saving uh, it. Um, anyway, my Geek of the Week is Only Murders in the Building Season 3. Uh, been completely addicted this week. We, we watched the first couple of episodes when it came out, and then it's a frustrating show so we left it we watched the first three episodes when they came out then we left it and then this week we've watched like episodes four to ten and ten mm-hmm. came out this week and i love only murders in the building it's such a good show i've heard honestly. good things have you not watched any of it at all no i haven't oh honestly, it's so it's so good like, which platform really is. is it on it's on disney plus oh, okay really uh, i thought it was on yeah, hulu my bad oh oh maybe it is in america i don't know Oh, it's on Disney okay. Plus here. It's on okay. Disney Plus here, um, but it's it's so it's it's so good how they intertwine the genres of murder, mm-hmm. well, cr- crime, sorry, crime, crime, uh, drama, uh, and and comedy in in such a good way, and the chemistry between the three leads is just amazing, and I just li- you'd have to move out of this building. The fact that three seasons running, somebody has died in this building. <laughs> Uh, and season three and and you know like something's gonna happen season three so season three like ends with a bit of a party you know the murder has been caught etc they're having a bit of a party and you just know and then something and then i, I don't want to say who it is but then somebody at the end gets shot and, of course uh, and that's because it. what and else then, are they going to talk about for season four 
Oh, so I, I wonder what was going to happen because like the three main characters keep alluding, like we're sort of alluding to maybe moving to Los Angeles, even if it's for a little bit. So I was like, oh, I wonder if season four won't won't be in in New York, and then obviously that person's been shot. So I'm like, okay, well, clearly they need to resolve the murder that's in the building next in season four. <laughs> so, um, but no, it was yeah, it was well. And, and the, the weird thing is, the person who did get killed is someone who has been in it from the first season rather than oh. um not not uh, not every episode but yeah yeah someone, someone but a regular yeah well so a it's recurring not just like, character it's not just some uh, random person yeah yeah it's someone that you don't particularly care about so yeah okay well uh, or, or they've kind of made you care about them throughout throughout the sort of the backstory and stuff yeah but no anyway um i'll leave it there if you if you haven't watched it seriously it's really good fun it's okay really, for for a crime Drama. Light fun, like, like it's not, not it's, it's not heavy drama. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. And even even <clears throat> when they even the you know even the the murders, so to speak, are not brutal or or anything like that. You know, it does very much fit under the Disney brand. So, um, yeah, it's it's good, it's good. So Steve Martin is is brilliant. So. I mean, he's ah, uh, my favorite Steve Martin movie is Mixed Nuts. It's a <laughs> um, Christmas movie. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, it's good. Honestly, watch it. If you love Steve Martin, you should watch it. So it's on my list. It's on my yeah. very long list of things that I still have not watched yet. <laughs> I think once you start, though, it, it is annoying. You will want to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like when season three, the last two or three episodes, they're like, is it that person? Is it that person? And, 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 and like every time they sort of finger somebody, you're like, oh, it can't be them because it's like episode nine. Yeah. So, you know that obviously the killer will come out in the last 10, 15 minutes. So, mm-hmm. but it's still either way. They're, they're, they're really good at deflection. So, oh. and, um, and, and you, it does really have you guessing till the end who it could be. So. I love that though. Like, that's, right. that's kind of what's so fun about stuff like Knives Out. Uh-huh. You just, oh, like, yeah, nice you just don't know. Like, you, you are guessing until the very end. Okay, so let's move into our main feature. So, Blade from 1998. Oh, man. A year after I left school. So, <laughs> uh, uh, written by David S. Goyer, directed by Stephen Norrington, and it's based on characters from Marvel Comics. And it stars Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, Nabush Wright, and Donald Logue. Uh, first appearance of Blade was in Tomb of Dracula, uh, issue 10 from July 1973, which was created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan. Deacon Frost, his first appearance was in Tomb of Dracula, issue 13 in October 1973, and also was created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan. Um, the release date on this actually was the 21st of August 1998, running time of 120 minutes with a budget of 45 million and a box yeah. office return. I know, I know, crazy, crazy low budget, to be honest. Yeah, uh, for real. And, and a box office return of 131.2 million. Which, I mean, like, in the new scheme of things, like, that's not that great of a return, even though no. it's almost like three times. But, like... A 40 i just like when i when i discovered that this budget was only 45 million i was like this movie definitely feels like it had a much bigger 40 budget than 45 million either that or they just they stretched that 45 million so well like i think i think when i on the rewatch 
some of the CGI oh, doesn't yeah, age that well. No, not like, at all. But it's some, oh god, some of it is at just the like time, awful. At, at the time, um, at the time, it was like wicked. <laughs> at the time, no. this was my because I like back then I loved vampire movies. Like I was obsessed with vampires, and for the longest time, Bram Stoker's Dracula was my favorite it's still one of my favorite books uh but it's like my favorite vampire film and then when blade came along i was like i'm gonna have to start splitting this up and now i'm gonna have to start looking at vampires like old school vampires versus like modern vampires and like to this day blade the first blade movie is still my favorite modern vampire movie i'm like you i was obsessed with vampires movies and, and everything like and um but you know something i just wanted to double check because i was pretty sure David Escoyer obviously wrote the Dark Knight movies. Mm-hmm. He wrote Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has uh, had a long-standing relationship with DC because New uh, Line Cinema got bought out by DC. Constantine. Oh, he also wrote uh, Dawn of Justice. Yeah, he was heavily involved in the Constantine. Oh, Crypt- Krypton as well. I didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched Krypton. Um uh, and also is one of the creators of Foundation, the Apple TV series, which I love. So, but no, like you, I have a huge. He also huge... had something to do with Sleepy Hollow, didn't he? Uh, he was one I of the producers to... for Sleepy Hollow. Uh, maybe I, I didn't go over the whole thing. But, I got yeah. to interview David Esquire when way back in 2014, when Geeks Unleashed was a website and not a podcast, and I got a press pass to New York Comic Con. I was at the Sleepy Hollow roundtable. And Lynn Wiseman was there, and David Esquire was there, and yeah. Oh wow! Oh wow! That, that was forever ago. <laughs> um, but no, like you, I was a huge vampire fan. Buffy, Angel, yep. mm-hmm. Angel was like mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, oh, my I was like obsessed with vampires at one point, and yeah. um, I just used to love it that whole medium. And then when Blade came out, but anyway, oh, oh man! Before we go any further with what we think <clears throat> about the film, you want us to talk about some facts? I do. You? Yes. Okay. So fun facts about Blade. You guys know that fun facts are like my favorite. Um, So in the comics, Blade had a totally different mentor. Like in the movie, Whistler is his mentor. But in the comics, uh, his mentor was like this jazz musician. Um, So what David Esquire did is he was writing this one. He was like, no, 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 no. Blade needs like like another guy. Like he needs a guy that can be there with him the whole time. Like ideally... David Escoyer kind of wrote this film as a Western, not necessarily as like an action film. Like he wrote this film as like a, with a Western in mind. Um, And so when he kind of created Whistler and presented like during the development, before they even got into any kind of production during the development, he presented like Whistler as a character to Marvel. Marvel fell in love with the concept of Whistler so much so that they created a Whistler character to put in their Spider-Man series when Blade debuted in the Spider-Man animated series. The problem with that was New Line Cinema was like, uh-uh, mm-mm. We're going to sue you, Marvel, because our guy created Whistler. You didn't, and you have no rights to the character of Whistler. And so New Line Cinema sued Marvel... <laughs> For stealing their character, um, which I thought was kind of hilarious. They were like, no, 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 no. We created Whistler. You guys don't get to use Whistler. So, of course, legal drama. Um, 
Fun fact number two. So the very first like rumblings of a development for Blade were in like 92. So the six years before we actually got a Blade movie. And the lead in 1992, the guy that they wanted to play Blade was LL Cool J. And I just can't see it. Like, I don't know. That would, it, you know, it, it would have bombed. not see it. Like, at what point would the with the hip hop track kick in? Oh and, man, you know, I know. Like, uh, I just, I and you know, <clears throat> I love LL Cool J and uh, NCIS Los Angeles. I do. Uh, I do. Uh, I know. I love him. I love him too. I think in Deep Blue Sea he was brilliant, oh, and Blue even with yeah, his even. Even with his awful track that came in, he, 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 him and Will Will Smith, him and Will Smith were the same. They'd be in a film and they'd make a track for the film, and like, and, um, uh, and yeah, imagine that he would have made his own Blade track. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been good. It might have been good. You never know. Uh, so like that was way way like early development. So then finally, when David Escoyer kind of took over. And he had his first couple of meetings with New Line Cinema, which I interned with New Line Cinema back in the day. Um, I worked on Snakes on a Plane, funny enough. Oh, wow. Um, so when David Esquire came in and he sat down with New Line, they were like, we want to make a comedy vampire movie. And he was like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. We are not. This is not going to be a comedy at all. And they were like, no, but we've got this great idea. We want to do like a comedy kind of horror genre mashup. And David Esquire was like, no (laughs) this is going to be a serious vampire film it's going to be bloody as hell like we are not doing comedy in this movie at all and finally he convinced them uh and then so new line was like okay there's only three guys we want to consider for this role they were like all right it's either going to be denzel washington lawrence fishburne or wesley snipes and david escoyer was like that's easy wesley snipes like blade is a martial artist like none of those other guys like do martial arts like it has to be wesley snipes like so david he wrote the script with wesley snipes in mind before wesley snipes actually signed on to this film so wesley snipes was the only guy in his mind that could play blade and i was like i didn't know i mean you know i don't know anything about blade before this movie came out but like i cannot imagine at the time i couldn't imagine anyone else having played the part um but I did, just the thought of like the studio being like, we want to do a comedy horror movie with a vampire. <laughs> like, I'm so glad he stuck to his guns and was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I mean, that would have been awful. Yeah, that been absolutely been... awful. Oh. It would have been. It would have been like, um, oh, I forget, I've completely gone blank on his name. The guy who plays Deadpool. Um, oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it would have been, although uh, that does happen later, but like, um, yeah. but Ryan Reynolds, it would have been, you can imagine it would have been like that, Yeah, but, but it wouldn't have fit this type yeah. of movie. It would have been not good. So, it would have no. been not good. Um, so, and the reason that Wesley Snipes signed on to this one was because he had spent quite a bit of time campaigning for Marvel to make a Black Panther franchise built around him. Mm. And obviously that did not work out. We eventually got Black Panther 19 years later. But uh, so when when all of the Black Panther stuff fell through, Wesley was like, all right, well, I don't know much about Blade, but like, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Um, And then so like the third fun fact that I found, the original cut of this film was 20 minutes longer, which, first of all, two hours like is long enough. So the fact that this movie was two hours and 20 minutes originally is too much. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it tested so poorly with audiences that they ended up delaying the release of the film for six months because they ended up having to like rush through reshoots. They changed the ending. The original ending was something along the lines of spoiler guys, if you've never seen blade, (laughs) the original ending was something along the lines of uh, as blade and frost are having like their final battle. Frost does not keep his human form. And he turns into like this tornado of, blood and but like the cgi even back then like the cgi could not keep up with their idea of what a blood tornado looked like and so like (laughs) with audiences they were just like no this is stupid this really sucks so they scrapped that entire ending however if you do have like the special edition dvd like you can see the original ending um in the special features of the dvd so they scrapped that and like that that final like sword fight that we actually get between Deacon and Blade at the very end was a scene that they added during reshoot. So like that wasn't even part of the original script and the, some motherfuckers always like to ice skate uphill <laughs> line well, uh... that Wesley Snipes says that was something that when they were sitting down and like doing a script reading, Wesley Snipes made a comment about Stephen Dorff to the effect of he always feels like he's ice skating uphill and the writer loved it so much that they ended up writing the line into the film so that whole thing was very like organic that that blade said that because it was really something that wesley snipes actually said when they were doing just like a read-through i thought that was pretty interesting you know i was just googling like i might actually get the blu-ray of that now you said yeah um like I, I did not know about that alternative ending at all. Yeah. Whilst it sounds awful, actually, I'm sure if I typed into YouTube, it's probably on there too. But I'm sure it's on YouTube. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe I might save myself some money. Yeah. And nowadays, um, like going back and watching it now, like we've already commented, the CGI does not hold up. So I can't no. imagine how awful that scene would look now. Like looking at it from 2023 versus looking at it from 1998. So if it was that bad in 98, like how awful is it going to be now if you go mm-hmm. back and watch it? So quick summary from IMDb, as we always do. Um, uh, half vampire, a half mortal man becomes a protector of the of the mortal race while slaying evil vampires. Uh, it's pretty, that seems pretty, like a much more much. lofty description than what this film actually is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, really, Jasmine, how familiar are you with any comic book reading of the character of Blade? Goose egg. No, no. None. So I've never, read... ever, ever, ever read a Blade comic. I've read one Blade comic, which was from earlier this year, about a month or two ago, um, and I, you know, I can't even remember who, who wrote it or anything. And I'll, I'll be, <laughs> that, I'll be honest, it was that good, huh? I'll be honest, I didn't actually really enjoy it, and um, yeah. I, I didn't pick it up because we were doing this. I just was in London and I went to comic book shop and I saw there was issue one of Blade on the shelf, and I'm like, oh, I'll give it a read. Yeah, and I didn't particularly enjoy it, and um, I'm not, I'm sure, but that's about it. I don't think from from memory I've ever read a Blade comic before. Yeah, no, I never have, and, uh, and I'm not saying that I'm not interested in reading it. It's just, just, it's just never thought to do it to be honest. Yeah. So. Um, also, I learned today that uh, the original Blade in the comics is British. Well, I did not know that. So. I was unaware. Um, unaware. So, so overall thoughts on this movie. Um, just you first. 
Okay, so I'll just keep it brief. Absolutely love this movie. It's a phenomenal movie. I love it as much. Do you know, rewatching it, I rewatched it today before uh, recording. And I, I haven't watched it for years, in all honesty. But when this came out, I had the VHS of this. Um, yeah. I don't think I ever bought it on DVD. But I, had the I VHS did not. I had the VHS. Um, but I used to, this VHS must have got worn out. I used yep. to watch this movie all the time. This movie, literally all the time. Uh, I can't tell you. I must have watched this movie 40, 50 times over the years. Yes. And um, I haven't watched it so much recently because, to be honest, there's so much stuff to watch now. Like, yeah, right, right. I find that I rarely go back to rewatch stuff now because there's just too much new stuff coming out. But um, this movie is absolutely phenomenal from the opening amazing scene in the oh. nightclub. The yeah. nightclub scene is like iconic. Right. It's a really iconic scene. The blood coming down from the ceiling, the underground oh. nightclub scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you name it, and Blade shows up. That bit actually, when he's killing the vampires and they disappear, I actually thought the CGI on that was still okay. That held up all right. Yeah, it uh, did. But throughout the movie, I loved the world building that they did. How the how the vampires actually have a hierarchy, which actually they they suggest that the human the human politicians are very much aware of vampires and they right. have a pact. How they have a pact that essentially they get left alone. I assume that they probably pay off politicians. Yes, and, of course. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, and and they have built this whole whole world. And, right. Uh, and however, they have this guy, Deacon Frost, who wants to, you know, as they always have, wants to change. Tear it all down. Know, tear it all down and essentially yeah. build a world around himself. So, um I love as well that we just get this that we get we do get backstory on Blade from yeah. the opening scene is quite cool the cold open about yes. the oh mother. My God. I love a good and, cold uh, open for real. Um, uh, the action scenes with Blade are great. Um, I can't remember the, the character's name of the Doctor now, but um, I love Karen the fact Jensen? that they, uh, is that is that was uh, her, the lead? Her name yeah yeah the 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 Doctor that he saves yeah and um, I actually forgot all about her to be honest from because I've watched this movie for so long. But I thought she made a really good um, viewpoint character to, to yeah. help us as the audience come in and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the fact that actually she helps him as well. She's not just the, the damsel in distress. She yes. help, helps develop weapons for him, helps develop uh, a, a better syrup for him. Um, and I love the fact that she also starts to bond with him and Whistler. Yeah. But, it's not, but there's no... I didn't sense any romance, if I'm honest, but yeah. like um, I, I think there's undertones, but it is yeah, never undertones. like in yeah. your face. It's not in your face. Yeah. yeah, I think there's probably an attraction, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think there's an attraction, but clearly he's mission first. Mm -hmm. But equally, she becomes mission first. Um, and and Whistler, I, I think is great. I would love to have seen more Whistler. Um, yeah. and and clearly. The people behind Blade wanted to see more Whistler. Um, that they did. Yeah, so that's, that's for another episode, though. Another episode, but like I, I think even the end scene um, when the music's on and Blade's very much kung fu mm -hmm. uh, and guns and swords and all the rest of it and and sort of saves the day. And uh, I, I've got to tell you, when that music kicked in, mm -hmm. I started thinking of Power Rangers. You know that action boy <laughs> now action girl and I, and, I, and I thought this is very much like Power Rangers was 90s and and like the whole and the whole they reminded me of the putties or whatever when they just yeah, disappeared like, yeah 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 uh, and it was very much like Power Rangers like you know it, it was not offensive I know this has got an 18 rating but it wasn't that bad well now it isn't that bad we've seen yeah. far worse 18s yeah. this this movie now would probably be a 12 um maybe a 15 
well yeah. they they curse a lot like if they could remove some of the cursing i think this could drop down to a pg-13 but yeah. they they have too many f-bombs in this movie um in the u.s for it to drop below an r but in the i mean like compared to some of the stuff we have now yeah it's not really as bad so what do you think about the um what do you think about overall thoughts on the movie i love it i love it i mean i still love this movie i love i love the look that they created for this blade like he is so cool like he just like is the embodiment of cool he walks around with a flipping katana sword <laughs> like a custom katana that like if anybody else touches it it like cuts their hand off like he's got these really cool weapons he walks around with, like sunglasses at night like he's got this leather look going like blade was at the time like in 1998 like teenage jasmine was like this is the coolest flipping dude on the planet oh he's like he was just like the embodiment of cool like he was just so cool and he was so cool and calm and collected and everything yeah like it was like so very he had the garlic he had the spikes he had the uv uh flashlight they like he had this plethora of weapons he had uh whistler backing him up and eventually he had the doctor backing him up fighting against like the evil vampires and he's the good vampire like it was just i don't know i love this movie uh, and one of the things that i love the most about this movie which funny to me like so the writer david Esquire, he he complained and he said he thought that there was too much dialogue in the film um and he he wished that he could have done more like action sequences like written more action sequences instead of having as much dialogue however i think that the dialogue especially between frost and uh his minion quinn 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 yes so the dialogue between frost and quinn and then the dialogue between frost and blade is so well done and like originally it's a secret fun fact but like originally Donald Logue's character, he Donald Logue plays Quinn. His character had a much, much, much smaller role. But Donald Logue has like a, he's got massive comedy chops. He was so funny on set and he had such a presence on set that they let him ad-lib a lot of what we actually get in the film. Oh, wow. So his role was not originally, Quinn's role was not originally as big as it was in the film. But Donald Logue was charismatic enough that he got himself a bigger role on screen so a lot of the times like when him and frost are talking to each other a lot of that is just random ad lib and like watching the film and seeing those two interact it feels so natural like it Mm -hmm. was just like it's a totally different viewing experience because it, it literally just feels like they're having a conversation like the camera is just following two dudes along while they're talking to each other not and it does it doesn't feel scripted it doesn't feel forced so one of the things that i love the most about this film is that a lot of the dialogue seems like if i were walking down the street like i would walk past two people that are having the same kinds of conversations like it just feels so natural so i really the dialogue really kind of pulls me in a lot more than i remember it um from earlier viewings but like you i have seen this movie 50 bajillion times like if i catch this movie on tv like I will stop and watch it. 
Oh yeah, I love this film. <laughs> yeah, so I don't ever turn away from the now the other two. That's a different story, but I don't turn away from this film when I catch it on TV. So I've seen it so many times, but just like the di- the dialogue is one of my favorite parts. Of course, I love the action sequences because Wesley Snipes is such a good martial artist. Like his action sequences flow really well, but also like because Wesley Snipes really loves that Hong Kong style of <laughs> action, which is one of my favorite genres, like subgenres, I should say, of action movies. Like action sequences plus the dialogue this movie is great i am a huge huge fan always even though the cgi does not age well um so there's quite a few characters in this obviously we have our lead man blade we have his sort of second in charge mentor like i think i think the roles kind of flip between second in charge and mentor and sidekick and partner i think they're, they're interchangeable roles so we have Obviously, Whistler, we have Karen, um, and then we have our bad guys. We have Deacon Frost, and we have Quinn, and then there's other people as well. There's those those sort of vampire yeah. council and stuff like that. But <clears throat> the, the the three bad, three good guys and the two bad guys are the main part. There is that female vampire who wears a white dress. I don't know her name. Um, they never actually the- say her name in the film, but she is credited as Mercury. Oh, okay, cool name. Uh, and then there is Wesley's mum who makes a surprise appearance at the end who actually yes. turns out she's alive. Yeah. Now, amongst all of those, now, clearly both of us will love Blade. Yes. But outside of Blade, do you have a favourite? Quinn. Uh, that's a good choice. <laughs> Gotta uh, be Quinn. That's a good, that's a good He's choice. just so, like, when, especially, like, at the very end, right before they put the 12 other people under those symbols, and... Frost is like, okay, stick out your arm. And he's like, no, my both both of my <laughs> arms just grew back. Like, don't cut off my arms again. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. I love that scene. I love that scene. Oh, I, okay. um, um, I, to be honest with you, like, I know I said I forgot her name earlier, but I actually did love the character of Karen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, I love the fact that back in the 90s, it wasn't done as much. But right. she was a clearly a strong female lead, and yes. not done and not introduced as a as a as a love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst her interactions with other women was fairly limited, at least her interactions with the men would were fairly on the same level. Yes. You know? like, yeah, like yeah, there was a little bit of talking down in the beginning because she didn't understand the vampire world and mm-hmm. that stuff. But she very quickly adapted and leveled up, and actually, yeah. Whistler and her kind of uh became yeah. interlinked the fact that when she wanted to take a blood sample of um blade he was like no no i'm busy i've got time for that and Wissa backed her up and was like no you have got time for it yes and um and i like the fact that they very quickly they formed a bond that they weren't like casting her out and yeah. just stood her on but i want my favorite bit of hers was towards the end where she nicks the shotgun and shoots the vampire yes. and she's human and that's what i loved is that she 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 could have quite easily died, but she yeah. knew the big mi- mission here was to save the world. So mm-hmm. I give her props for that. So yeah, I liked her a lot because she contributed. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, she got bit at the very beginning, but like she was like, uh-uh, I don't care that I got bit by a vampire. I'm gonna figure this shit out. I'm gonna find a cure for myself and I'm gonna keep doing this. And everybody else is like, uh, honey, you ain't gonna make it. And she's like, watch me. Where was she I when COVID that. was around? That's I know. <laughs> she found a cure within like a day. So. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, any favorite scenes in this movie? Too many. Too There's two, there is too many. Many. Uh, oh, boy. What, so one of my favorites is definitely 
the opening scene at the meatpacking oh, plant. Like, that. Yeah, that, is, that has got to be my favorite it's, scene. It's just so good. It's so good because, like, it's so ominous. Like, you know, you're show? watching Obviously, a vampire movie, like, and like yeah. when they come in, and like, there's all this meat on the hooks, and then you see the dead bodies on the hooks, and you're like, some shit is about to go down. I don't know what's happening, but like, something is about to happen. And just like the music and the anticipation. And ev- everything about that opening sequence is oh. absolutely perfect. I love like, that. Process goss or whatever. And he's like, what did you yeah, just say? Like, yeah. uh, and then, um, but, oh, yeah. Just, no, I'll, I'll just stick with you. Like, opening scene, hands yeah. down, amazing. Um, something we ask occasionally on the podcast, is there anything you'd cut or change or whatever? I don't think there's anything I would take out, if I'm honest. Uh, um, I... I don't think so either. Oh, I mean... actually, there is one thing I did think actually annoyed me this time around. The you know the elder vampires, the original vampires that were born. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing I thought about was why were they so wimpy? And mm. if they were the, the 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 first vampires, surely they should be the most powerful because that's exactly. where the vampire line grew. Why were they such wusses? Like, yeah. why did they just stand there and die? Basically, like that. That only occurred to me this time around as an adult. As a child, I accepted it, but this time around, I'm like, you know, if I was watching, and I used to again used to love the Vampire Diaries and the originals. <clears throat> the originals were badass. Like the original vampires in in the originals was, but well, they were they were vampires that you couldn't really mess with. Right. And, and these these vampires here were 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 the original vampires in the Blade films, and I'm just like. Yeah, why but they, they didn't do anything. I mean, and I think that's why they killed the one that they killed. Um, I All I wondered was, because Whistler made a comment earlier in the film about vampires age much slower than humans. So maybe right. they just, maybe that's the only explanation we get is maybe they're just a bit older and tired now. Like, I don't think it was that they were older. I think it was they had become so complacent with the way that things were that they didn't have a reason to keep their skills honed. Right. Like they just got so comfortable with business as usual that they just were not worth much mm-hmm. at the end. I mean, that's that's what I think. I anyway. yeah. And Fro- Frost came in with like this whole new perspective and he's like, no, 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 we can do better. And they're like, yeah, but why should we? Like, we're fine. Um, so you put a question here. Um, is this a vampire film or is it open for other is it a, a door opening for all other Marvel movies? You tell me. I think it's both. Okay. So I know that this film helped Marvel. I think at the time Marvel Comics was bankrupt or just getting out of bankruptcy and films like this and the Spider-Man franchise helped and they paved the way for what we have as the MCU. Um, and they also changed audiences' perception of mm-hmm. what comic book movies could be. Yes. However... They do not go in as a comic book movie on this. They go, like, David S. Goya definitely does not take the comic book approach with this. Mm-mm. So he achieved two things here. He achieved a really solid action vampire movie yeah. using an established comic book character. However, because it's owned by Marvel, they obviously benefit with the profits of this, which helped to pave the way for the MCU as it is today. So that money, the profit money, was used for iron man and other things well i know that they didn't fund iron man they had to borrow from mm-hmm. but it gave some credibility to banks to give them credit for actually what we could have as serious movies and had this probably gone the comedy route i doubt we would have seen the same no. result right so so marvel actually only netted 
$25,000 from this film. That's it. $25,000. They got a bad deal, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but, however, though, it did show the possibilities considering right. the, the return. Right. So before this film, as far as Marvel goes, a Marvel production, the last Marvel film before Blade was Howard the Duck in 86. So it had been... 12 years since Marvel had a theatrical release because they did have that Fantastic Four movie that did not get released. And then there was Man Thing that did not get a theatrical release. Um, But this was like their first theatrical release since 1986. And I would argue that this is the thing that opened the door because the year before, which is something that we reviewed very recently, Batman and Robin came out in 97 and everyone said that Batman and Robin was a genre killing film because it was so awful. It was so critically panned and it tanked so badly at the box office that everybody was like, superhero movies are dead. Nobody's ever going to watch comic book movies ever again. You know, like everybody was so dramatic about how awful Batman and Robin was. And then Blade comes along a year later and just like flips everybody's perspective on what comic book characters and what comic book movies can actually look like. Um, And especially because it had that R rating. Like, I, I don't know. I really think like without Blade, we would not have the MCU that we have oh, 100%, yeah. today. Yeah, I, I've heard this before, but no, I agree. Um, one last thing before we move on and rate it and stuff. I had heard for years that David S. Goyer wanted to do a Deacon Frost prequel film. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear that as well? I did. Yeah. I mean, I think that would have been amazing. I think... I think it would have been good to have seen it. I'm not so sure. Like, I, I, I was not so, so sold on Stephen Dorff. Um, he was great, but like, I feel like that could have been any number of people. Um, but I think he probably wanted to flesh that character out, and he probably didn't get enough time because this yeah, was a yeah. Blade film. He was right. trying to he was trying to big up Blade. Yeah, but I think if imagine if we, I I don't know I I would have enjoyed watching Stephen Dorff. Well, there there were rumors that they really wanted Morbius to be a Blade oh, villain. But they couldn't get the rights to Morbius, the character. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I heard that. I heard that about oh yeah. I heard that about Morbius. Which so. makes me wonder, like, so with this new blade that we're getting, if Marvel can get their shit together, because this new blade movie has already been delayed years. <clears throat> are they gonna bring Morbius into that blade movie? Well, I mean, they'd have to speak to Sony, wouldn't they? So mm. um and yeah, you never know though, because so, it didn't do that well. So, yeah. um, uh, right, ratings five. What would you give it? Five. I know. I'd give it a five. It's it's a it's five. five. It's My, five. E- even though the CGI does not hold up, everything else about this movie is still phenomenal. Like it was a five. It was a five then, and it's a five now. I would it agree. I would agree. Yeah. No, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Other than the CGI, C- CGI, CGI being a bit of a letdown now nothing has changed everything else about this movie is still perfect mm-hmm. i think oh yeah oh, i think it's done well but anyway so 
Next episode, we are sort of shockingly going to review Blade number two from 2002. So come back and join us next week. Yes. You can also follow us on social media. We are Geeks Niche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or X. Or oh, X. Yeah, whatever whatever that guy's calling it these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We're everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm glad to be back. Good journey. Good journey.